This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. 45 becomes number three, as in the third president to be impeached in our nation's history. Where do we go from here? We'll talk about that just ahead. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for spending part of your day with us here on American Viewpoints. And we're going to start that conversation in less than 30 seconds, a little bit later on. Some big picture questions here. Exactly how free are we to speak and express ourselves and just say what we want right now in this world of social media and Facebook and Twitter and everything else? Uh, Interesting conversation coming away just a little bit. Well, the biggest news of the week, you really can't avoid it. Um, in anything when it comes to news or talk or anything like that, even if we say we're sick of hearing about it. fact, the matter is, is what happened this week is historic. Now, you can say it's good or bad. That depends on your viewpoint. But Donald J. Trump becomes the third president in our history to be impeached. I'm joined now by Washington Post columnist Henry Olson. Uh, Henry, thanks so much for the uh, time again. And we knew what was going to happen. The script was written. The uh, Democratic Party and Speaker Pelosi stuck to the script. Was there Anything that we are missing about the impact of what happened? Because I think a lot of people are just looking at it as more of the Washington soap opera. But this is a big deal. It is a big deal. uh, But from a political matter, I think a lot of people are looking at at it as the Washington soap opera. The Trump haters see it as vindication of their viewpoint. But uh, there are millions of people who see it as an attack on their values and others who are beginning to think that it's overblown, uh, that Uh, Support for impeachment has been dropping for the last week and a half, and President Trump's job approval has been rising. And if that continues, then this could be a a big mistake by the Democrats. There was not a single Republican vote for impeachment. A a couple of Democrats peeled off, not too much. But the reality was this was basically a party-line vote. Does that say anything about the process and the results? Oh, absolutely it does. I mean, this is something that uh, will be interpreted um, not wholly incorrectly as a attempt to undo an election. And uh, that's going to be something that people who supported Donald Trump, who may not like what Trump did, but they're going to say, we should have the final decision. The election's coming up. We'll decide whether or not Donald Trump should remain as president, not you insiders who have never wanted to give him a chance anyway. So uh, that's, I think, one reason why polls show that if you voted for Trump, you're 90 percent or more likely to oppose the impeachment. And that uh, means that uh, what this really is, is uh, another rally for the Hillary Clinton voters to say their woman should have been president. So we've also got the question of what's next. As you and I are having this discussion, Speaker Pelosi, uh, a little bit surprising to me, has said, "Okay, well, now that we've impeached him, I'm not quite sure I'm going to formally send the articles of impeachment to the Senate yet because I want them to tell me how they're going to set up this trial. Is she trying to run part of the Senate's operations and run the Senate from the House? Yeah, absolutely she is. And I think it's something that if she persists in doing, will backfire on her. Uh, because uh, I think McConnell has a very good argument, which is you basically ramroded Republicans in the chamber that you control. And now you're trying to ramroll Republicans in the chamber that you don't hold. And the Constitution says we run our own chamber, not you. And, you know, we're just going to keep doing our, our, you know, we're not eager to do impeachment. Um, And if you don't want, if you want to play political games in an unconstitutional grab for power, go for it, Mr. Speaker. We're just going to do the job for the American people. 
Yeah, now, I, I think we all know what's going to happen in the Senate. I think there's little to no chance, obviously, that President Trump's actually going to be removed from office. But you just said an interesting term, and I think that's where we're getting when you said political games. And impeachment is three times in our nation's history. And I look around the world and other countries, and whenever somebody becomes unpopular or there's an incredibly divisive issue, there are countries in Europe in particular that say we're calling elections and we could throw the premier out, whoever that is, prime minister, president, whoever it is. And are we risking getting to a point in our country where Republican or Democrat, if the president gets in too much of a tiff with the opposing party in the House, they risk being impeached on party-line votes. I think we are approaching that. I think this was a very bad precedent to set for precisely that reason. Uh, I think it might have been different if there hadn't have been a three-year in, uh, insane war on President Trump, uh, that you might have seen more Republicans, if they had been treated fairly over the last three years, say, hey, wait a minute, this is a serious problem. But in the context of uh, this being yet another uh, effort, uh, part of the same effort to undo the 2016 elections, there was never any chance that it was going to get any Republican support. Uh, And uh, I think if the Democrats ever are in a position where a Democratic president has a a serious lapse in judgment and Republicans control the House, it would take a lot of uh, courage for the Republican leader to uh, hold back and choose not to use impeachment. Uh, if the party base wanted it. Some people have been trying to compare this to the impeachment of Bill Clinton in the uh, 1990s. And as a matter of disclosure, I didn't work in Congress, but I did later work for Congressman Bob Barr, who was one of the House managers at the time. Uh, Is there a direct comparison saying, well, Bill Clinton shouldn't have been removed for office just for lying about sex? And, you know, this has to do with foreign policy. Is there an apples to apples comparison between the Republicans behavior in the 90s and the Democrats behavior this year? It's not an apples to apples. And I do think uh, that uh, for many people, they had uh, not ever wanted to see Bill Clinton as president. And so the uh, impeachment, you know, the charges about lying and Monica Lewinsky uh, gave them justification to do what they uh, would have liked to have done anyway. But uh, the the vilification of uh, Bill Clinton uh, was nothing approaching the vilification of Donald Trump. And the fact is that it remains uncontested that uh, President Clinton broke the law. He perjured himself. Uh, uh, And that was something that I think is distinctly different than what Donald Trump did that uh, no one denies that Bill Clinton lied under oath. Uh, He lost his law license over that. And uh, uh, what Donald Trump did is arguably impeachable, but it doesn't rise to the same level of clear lawbreaking. I saw on uh, MSNBC a little bit uh, late in the week, uh, former U.S. Senator Claire McCaskill saying, you know what, this 2020 election, it's going to be all about health care. It's going to be about health coverage again. And and I think Claire is maybe dreaming a little bit. You know, she's a Democrat. I think Democrats want it to be about some of those policies where they have, you know, emotional arguments and, and they can get into the weeds and debate policy. But at this point, regardless of when the trial of the president happens in the Senate, can this election be about much other than the impeachment? Uh, the impeachment is part of what the whole question of should Donald Trump be our president? Uh, does he represent, is he an abomination uh, or is he somebody who's a fighter for our values? 
that's what 2018 was about. The healthcare stuff was just uh, cover. Uh, you know, I looked at the polls. Uh, there's virtually no race where uh, the outcome uh, was not decided exclusively on uh, whether or not the district or the state that was voting uh, had a, a favorable or unfavorable view of Donald Trump. Uh, that's what 2020 is going to be about, uh, and uh, the Democrats in their uh, unyielding and unrelenting hatred of Trump uh, have made it uh, about a referendum on the president's character. Okay, so we've got just a short time. You know, I'm going to shortchange a little bit on the time on this one, Henry, but uh, as whether people like President Trump and his personality and his tweets or not, uh, or whether you like his policies or not, are we really kind of devolving, you know, into more of a tribalism? You know, he he may be obnoxious, but he's our obnoxious guy. And are we are we risking losing any sort of real conversation about the the actual policies and role of government that matters to us all? I think we are. I think we are devolving into um, a tribal one on one our side versus their side battle, and that's very dangerous and very uh, dangerous for a democracy because a democracy ultimately requires the consent of the losers. And if the losers don't feel that the other tribe has any sort of uh, empathy with them, then uh, they're not going to accept the defeat. And that's something that ultimately is inconsistent with the Democratic form of government. All right. To follow your column daily, uh, it's what, WashingtonPost.com? WashingtonPost.com. And I always tweet it on Twitter uh, uh, at Henry Olson, EPPC. All right, Henry, thanks so much for the time and the insight today. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right. Well, there is a new trade deal making it through Congress. What does it mean to you and to our natural resources? That's all ahead right here on American Viewpoints. You know, the windshield just glass broke and and screeching. And I saw, you know, a body come down from off the top of the the van. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I just what have I done? There's never, never a day that I, I wake up that I don't think about it. Learn more at itcanwait.com. A message from AT&T Missouri. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. Feedthepig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council.